Hello and welcome. My name is Geraint John and welcome to episode six, series two of the Voice for Voice podcast. If you're interested in voice technology, Alexa, Google Home, then this is the podcast for you. How's it going well? It's going very well. Very yeah, well indeed. So we're actually recording the podcast somewhere different today. This is the first time we've recorded the podcast, um, not in our office in Brixton. We're now in Pop Brixton with a very, very special guest. We've got Mark uh, McCulloch here from Supersonic, probably one of the most influential food and drink marketers in the world, in the UK. And we've been kind of, we've actually never met in person before, but we've had this kind of social media relationship where we've liked each other's stuff and, you know, felt like we're friends. And, you know, we met for the first time outside Pop Brixton today and yeah, He's on the podcast. He's a guest. Hello. Yeah, I, I, I was just thinking, what went through my head there? It's almost like two dogs in the park sort of checking each other out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Quite sniffing each other's whatever. But yeah. yeah we've, been, uh, we've, we've been in contact and uh, I've just been really excited and interested to suck your brain out in terms of knowing more about voice and understanding it and also trying to share that knowledge with the food and drinking. Well, totally. So do you want to just tell our listeners a little bit about you? So who are you? What sure. are you all about? What's your background? Uh, born on a Wednesday. Do you want that far? Yeah, every, we want to know everything. <laughs> the Voice for Voice show is all about, yeah, as much information Libra. as possible. Um, so, yeah, basically marketing degree back in the day and then enemy loaded Melody Maker, God rest his soul. So you used to write for the enemy? No, I did all the marketing. Oh, wow. Student marketing. Ah. So basically we had these guys are client, we're kind of like an implant sort of agency, and Loaded was as mental as you can imagine. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you went in, God save the Queen, Six Pistols playing, Five Butts in the Fish Tank, you know, at the time, page three girls walking around. And all that sort of stuff and going out for drinks with the editor who I saw getting carried into a restaurant rather than getting carried out. Nice. That's just a little bit <laughs> a bit like Will, actually. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I can see that. Yeah, you can see it. <laughs> That's not true. Neither <laughs> I It is. Yeah. <laughs> so it was that and then uh, a bit of more boring stuff. So insurance companies and, and things like that. And then Big Break, I suppose, was lastminute.com, which back then probably felt like it would work like like it would be working for Google and Facebook or, or what it is now, but back then it was at the forefront of, of digital. It was, it was great times. And then, so what did you do at lastminute.com? So I was uh, a lowly sort of brand manager for all the non-holiday stuff, and then by just putting my hand up and saying yes to everything, managed to kind of scale up a bit and ended up sort of head a brand for, for Europe and Asia and Australia and all these things. Awesome. So that was I, cool. Do you know what? I still use lastminute.com. I'm just, I've got an affection towards it. I used it recently. I don't want to use Expedia. I want to use lastminute.com. Yeah. Well, how about you, Will? I actually got a deal, actually, from lastminute.com. Really? Marrakesh. Really? £40. Pounds. 
for a five star hotel right. for the night. So five star for three star. That was always the, that was always <laughs> the what we did, you know. So that was that was the big thing. But it was yeah, just really exciting. Everything from trying to create like holiday CD soundtracks for our customers, first class carriages on the underground at the time when you could do stunts like that dressing all the statues up in London, bright pink, and it was quite rock and roll. Um, one of the times I had to hire 11 Paris Hilton lookalikes to go around London with this kind of protest that Paris Hilton had been sent to jail. And then we had to we created a package where you could stay at the hotel closest to the prison that she was in. It was just a genius. Kind of things. It was brilliant. Did, did you know? Paris Hilton go to prison? Yeah, I can't remember what it was for, but she went. It was a matter of hours because we had all the press set up saying free Paris, but then there was also a Paris competition to, to win, you know, a thing to actual Paris. Ah, right. And then I got a call. I was in a brandy for, for one of the last minute.com brands, and it was about two or three o'clock in the afternoon, and it was uh, bad news, Mark. Paris Hilton's out. Well, good news, I guess. But we had press run the next day which was free Paris but she was free so we would have looked a bit sort of dad at the disco being late with that stuff so we had to change it quickly to Paris is free and then change the whole thing and we managed to get it done overnight and, and Metro ran it so that was great yeah and it just it was just an absolute rock and roll ride they then got bought by Travelocity things just got a little bit more grown up it was yeah. almost years ago what for our price as a Saturday boy our price records and then um, what happened there was, again, you used to be able to play the records you wanted. Yeah. It was amazing. But what happened eventually was, you know, the suits came in. You need to play the greatest hits of, you know, Rod Stewart or Abba Gold or whatever. Which well, it's, a, like bit, albums, it's but, a bit like Oasis after Nebworth. Yeah, it's just, it's all got a bit... bit serious, up, bit corporate. Bit serious. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that happened there. And then I moved to Bartley Card. So my gag is always that I was a, a loan shark there, but I wasn't at all. So um, I'd sort of headed up the, you know, some of the brand stuff outside of the UK there, which was good. And a lot of the internal employee engagement as well. So I don't know if you remember, there was an ad where the guy went down a water slide. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so sort of was part of the team that was doing that. And then, you know, took that out to the employees and got them all excited about everyone being one step ahead. That's what it was all about. And thinking about voice and stuff, actually... There's a good analogy with contactless and the adoption of contactless. Yeah. So when I was at Bartley Card, we were one of the first to do, in fact, the first to do contactless. You could also have a card that was your Oyster card as well, so it was quite forward thinking. Mm. Problem was people didn't know what contactless was. No. So what happened then was there was uh, loads of research and all the rest of it. And what happened when we asked people, said, what do you think contactless is? They said, oh, does it mean my bank won't phone me? And they were delighted with this thought, you know? <laughs> and it was like, oh. But it wasn't until John Lewis and Pret and these kind of companies came on that then the adoption mm. sort of started. So there was that. And then uh, after that, what else? A Spotify competitor called uh, Black Box Music, which was Wii7, uh, which Peter Gabriel's music website, uh, streaming service. And then Yosushi, so on the board there and, you know, sort of head of marketing and all the rest of it. So that was the first time I'd worked in bricks and mortar. Wow. So that was good. And then I started a company called Spectacular Marketing. Yeah. But uh, a job came up in prep, which was the head of marketing there. And I thought, I've got to try and get that job because it would just round off the CV like really mm, well. Nice. So did that for a year. It was like a maternity contract. So it just was a sponge and, and sort of learned so much about how to do it really well. And then, yeah, started Spectacular Marketing, which then became We Are Spectacular. 
and yeah, in the past few weeks, actually, just started. Supersonic. So why supersonic? Then I think I know the answer. Uh, well, there's a few things. One was how can I make it bigger than spectacular? What was available as well? You know, with the names and all these things. Obviously, there's an oasis. Tip of the hat. Well, you've got to be yourself, and you, you can't be no one else, can you, Mark? Will we go through the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Bill <laughs> Cordell, um, yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, huge influence on me. Oasis. That's funny, man. That's such a big influence on me. Oasis changed and ruined my life at the oh, right. same time. Yeah. Red stripe and Benson Hedges. Well, no, I just thought that I didn't have to. I thought I just was convinced that I was going to be a rock star when I was thirteen, and therefore didn't need to study or anything because I was going to be a rock star. Well, the, I didn't know I was going to be the voice for voice. I think the most interesting thing about those guys was you think it was like a overnight success no it wasn't they worked so hard I know. To, 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 to get it going if you've seen anyone seen the super have you met oh, uh, the Gallagher brothers I haven't no neither have I I think it's too much I think if I met I think I just want to leave it uh, yeah it's a hard like, small things like I've got a bunch of music heroes but the other night I was at Lemonhead's concert and love Evan Dando to yeah. bits and again huge influence one of the guys that made me pick up a guitar and I got the chance to go and meet him. Did you? So it was one of those don't meet your heroes. And a lot of people were saying he's not in the best mood this evening, things like that. I thought, oh. But someone gave me very kindly, gave me a pass um, to go upstairs. But we had a really nice five minutes. We talked about Glasgow. We talked about Teenage Fan Club. We talked about his old guitars. Well, we could talk about music all night. I think we like the same sort of music. Are you friends with Mogwai as well? Do you know them? So Mogwai Barry, who is the he's got a bar instrumental. He's got a bar in um, Berlin. Berlin, yeah. yeah. So Barry, he was in a band called Junior Function back in the day, and they supported us, uh, my band called The Parables, uh, which was a Stone Roses type kind of reference, uh, in Glasgow. But we saw them sound checking and we thought we should be supporting them. Yeah, yeah. So they are so amazing. They went, yeah, but I saw Mogwai the other month in Brighton. They were wonderful. Awesome, wonderful. awesome. So yes, I think that was about... Uh, I was super sorry. Only other thing was Sonic the Hedgehog. So yeah, yeah. lots of hours playing that one as a kid as well. Yeah. <laughs> Too many hours. But yeah, that was it. Oh, cool. Okay, so we're here, obviously... This is a voice podcast. Mm-hmm. And Sonic works then? Yeah. And I think it'd be really interesting to kind of just to get a bit more of an idea about your interpretation of voice. Because you're obviously you've got the you're you're a boy about town. You mm. you've you know the right people. And what's your kind of you know, what what do other people think of voice? So if I was to ask like one of the brands that work with you, what's their interpretation of voice? I guess the brands that I work with are people that I know the they fall into different categories, you know. So you've got, I guess you've got the, it's a terrible word, but sort of the, the Luddites, if you like. So yeah. you've got the ones that are happy plodding along, their business is doing okay, you know, they've got enough to do to do their jobs. And uh, food and drink in the main is very ops-led. So okay. Basically, you know, it's the operators that rule the, the rule the roost. Um and marketing you're seen as a promotion jockey department and it's about posters and it's about, you know, maybe some street activity and you know, it's all quite lo fi. And actually in the main, you know, if it was almost like sort of uh, you know, tabletop sort of going up or actually be going down, is in terms of the understanding. So I guess you've got the basics of traditional marketing. Most food and drink brands don't even spend above the line. So rely on a database, they'll rely on repeat custom, 
maybe some kind of loyalty program. And for some of them, it just really works because if you've got the strength of product and, you know, say you're Honest Burger or Bleaker or whatever, you know, you've got a great product. Yeah. The people will come back for, mm. that'll end at some point, but at the moment, you can just, you know, sort of not do too much. So there's that. Then there's like a middle bit, which is maybe the ones that are a little bit more into digital. Yeah. So they're doing social media advertising, but they're maybe boosting posts rather than actually going to <sighs> You're the... joking. Is no. this still happening? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What, so, this is like household brands yeah. that don't know how... Wow, yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Because I, I think the thing is, in terms of a lot of the marketing people, you know, people that are in marketing roles in, in this industry, it's not particularly well paid. You know, the, the, the margins are quite tight. Yeah, I was um, going to say. So that's quite difficult. You know, for example, when I went from Bartley Car to Yule Sushi, you know, I dropped almost half my salary. Right. So, but you were doing it because you loved it. You loved it. it's a good industry to be in. So there's that. Then I guess there's the training element. So it's almost like who's watching the watchmen sort of thing in the terms of, you know, they're self-learning if they've got any extra time. But I always kind of talk about this sort of analogy where... It's almost like everyone drew a line underneath CRM and, and emailing and then didn't learn new skills. So it's almost like being a brain surgeon who's mm. told, if you learn this new way to save people, you know, you'll save a hundred lives. Looking at that for social, for our guys, they just won't get involved. They won't get, you know, and it's actually not their fault. It's actually the fault of the board because... Mm. It's, you know, predominantly elder statesmen yeah. that are the CEOs, etc. Their only frame of reference is maybe a 14-year-old daughter or son that they've got. And basically they'll just say, I want direct return from social. How do I get yeah. that? And it's a little bit more complex than that. Because it's hard to sell on. Because you did an interview with Gary Vaynerchuk, actually, which mm. I um, really enjoyed. He didn't seem to be in the best of moods. Yeah, he warmed up, I Yeah, think, But I was scared witless. Just, again, it's that meeting your heroes. I mean, yeah. I'm Noel Gallagher of marketing, you know, so mm. I was pretty panicked. But he was getting quite passionate about, like, and we kind of marketing managers and marketing directors who haven't, don't embrace or understand digital. And that's what really, because I feel the same, yeah. you know, when people don't embrace it, how can you possibly be a marketing person and not understand mm. the power of digital? I, I think it's one of these things that, you know, there's a lot of interest in it, but a lot of the guys are under-resourced as well. So mm. if you imagine they're running 60 restaurants, there's one or two of them, and just keeping their job is a job in itself. So to be able to then learn this new skill, be at the forefront of it, actually get some budget out yeah. to then spend on it because it's easy to say, you know, that campaign that we did that was, you know, mainly internal and through the email mm. database, which was free and in inverted commas, brought in this amount of custom. So it's really difficult and the marketing budgets that you might imagine these, you know, they haven't got, got it. It's not huge. No. And also they'll probably be getting hit up for consumables, you know, within that budget, consumables, menus, you know, maybe even placemats, all this kind of stuff. And that eats away at your budget as well. So it's really difficult. So a lot of these guys have got, I don't know, £300,000 a year, £100,000 a year. And when someone new comes in, they might want a new website or they might want to. So they're really trying to prioritise what they, and it's them taking a risk on social, yeah, but they probably don't have an SEO strategy. They probably don't have a Facebook pixel on their website. They 
probably don't do much PPC for Oh man, this is what I'm this it's is going to give me sleepless mm, nights. But it's one of these things that, you know, in the Gary Vaynerchuk interview, he said, you know, it's not his job to convince people. No, and I really agree with that. But I'm actually seeing it as the opposite, where really? I'll die trying, you okay. know, because there's a whole world out there and there's a, there's a way to do it. But how are you going to get all that content done? I mean, from stuff that, you know, the Vayner Media are talking about, people are needing hundreds of pieces of content a day to put yeah. in. Well, How do you do that? Well, you record a podcast every day, yeah. and then from the podcast yeah, you yeah. create uh, micro-content. And these guys don't have time to do it. No. Well, you could they do don't. it. You, they just need someone in-house who can film and edit and the time to record. Say if you've got an hour a day. So this podcast is probably going to take an hour of our time, okay? Mm-hmm. We'll go back to the office, we'll edit it, and then we'll spin it out in lots of different types yeah. of format, and then that's our social content. But again, your feeling for these guys, they they don't they don't have a minute these guys aren't even eating or going to the loo or you know because they're busy with other stuff so the big thing i'm trying to say to them is what's your entire marketing budget what's your entire team spend and what are you using that budget for in that team and then trying to step out the whole thing and say right if it's 2019 2020 whatever what should your department look like what should you be spending time on but it's, it is really tough out there. And so many of the companies at the moment in food and drink, you're reading it every day. Another restaurant group is closing. Mm. And they're going through CVAs, all these things. So they're actually pulling back spend. So the risk averseness is only getting higher. Mm. So it's really, it's, it's tough. I think, you know, thinking about, you know, when voice is going to happen and all that, I think it's almost what's the tipping point going to be for you know, food and drink brands to switch how they think about marketing. It's going to take years, a what, generation almost. So what do you think then, Will? What, what will the tipping point be? Uh, it's difficult to say. I mean, from our perspective, we've seen a fair few food and drinks brands release skills. Mm. And I think that it is a really great way for these kind of brands to interact with customers. Whether or not there is a strong ROI is well mm. there isn't at the moment it's kind of a brand awareness exercise yeah so i think the tipping point will be when they can get defined value from these from these smart assistants and i think that's when people start to realize they can use them for more than just timing an egg etc i think there's a few good things though so in terms of roi the other thing is they're not measuring their brand which is roi right. so if they go Right, brand awareness is at this level. See, it's, you know, unprompted is at 16%, let's say. But if they could go up 4%, that might actually go into pounds, dollar, euro value. So again, you could go back also in terms of PR. So if they're first to market with yeah. something so great, they could get something out of it. But as I say, it's, it's just an industry that is a couple of years behind the curve, you know? And I think if you look at retail, retailers are a lot more ahead of the curve. Mm. So I'm almost, you know, definitely trying to get food and drink brands to think like a retailer, if you like. Yeah. It's not too wanky a phrase, but yeah. Yeah, I suppose that presents an opportunity for forward-thinking food and drinks brands. If the competition is a couple of years behind, you have a chance to be the first mover, especially on something like voice. Yeah, definitely. So... But I think it's exciting stuff. I just, you know, in this chat, I think I'm, you know, sitting on the client side going, oh man, I've got, you know, I've got all these things to get done and I'd love to get to this, but 
you know, but I think it's a, as you say, it's a great opportunity for people to leapfrog. Yeah. So we've got some skills that we, because, you know, being the expert that you are, the food and drink god, that we need to, because you were bigging me up on Instagram and LinkedIn last night. I like that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think I called you a king, didn't I, as well? So, but, yeah, I'm, I'm blushing. So we've got some skills that we want to, we want to know what you think of the skills. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so these are, bear in mind, these are quite early stage. I feel some of these were released over a year ago. So these aren't probably where it's heading but it gives a good idea of where we're at with voice and um, food and drink so which one should we start with recipedia yeah recipedia okay alexa enable recipedia hi don't forget to link your account in your alexa app if you'd like to receive an email for each recipe you choose so what dish can i help you make spaghetti bolognese okay how about spaghetti bolognese This recipe takes 20 minutes to prep and one hour to cook. It serves four and is easy difficulty. You can hear the details or hear another recipe. What would you like to do? Hear the details. Okay, I've sent the full recipe to your Alexa app. Would you like to hear the ingredients? Start cooking, save this recipe for later or hear another recipe. Hear ingredients. Okay, to make spaghetti bolognese, the ingredients are 25 grams Bertoli with butter, 1 carrot, very finely chopped, 1 onion, very finely chopped, 1 celery stick, optional, chopped, 55 grams mushrooms, 350 grams lean beef mince, black pepper, 400 grams can tomatoes, 1 tablespoon tomato puree, 1 teaspoon dried oregano, 1 teaspoon Worcestershire sauce, 3 tablespoons beef stock, 225 grams spaghetti and 2 tablespoons parmesan cheese. Would you like to start cooking or save this recipe for later? Uh, start cooking. Let's cook. To move between steps, say next step, previous step, or repeat. Step 1 is to heat the bertoli with butter and saute the onion, carrot and celery for 10 minutes without browning. Add the mushrooms and mince and cook until evenly brown. Add remaining ingredients except spaghetti and cheese and bring to the boil, stirring continuously. Cover and simmer gently for one hour. Okay. Alexa, stop. So you get the idea, Mark. What do you think? Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks, Alexa. I think it's a a few things are flashing through my mind. So I think one, I like the intuitive nature that you don't have to keep saying Alexa. So it's staying... Linked with soaps. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know that. Sorry, dude. So, um, yeah, I think that's really good. I think it's just a bit of getting used to this new... I mean, it's like the first time you had an iPhone typing with it. You know, that was just a new way to learn how to do something. So I think it's a bit of a rush. So, you know, if you're at the supermarket checkout, and you're just like in a complete state trying to get everything through and then everything packed if you're shopping on your own, it feels like I'd probably panic using that because I think you'd have to ask it again and again and again to repeat stuff. Do you know what I mean? Unless you'd worked in a Greg's or a chip shop or something where someone just gives you a big order and you remember it and you you know, you can do that. I think there's a way to go for it to be just like in, in step with you. And I, I seem to remember, I think there was a Gordon Ramsay, it was more like an app, but a video app, and it kind of was timed out with you. 
So what would be quite nice in there if it said, you know, it said about start cooking and it said, right, do the onions. Then you could at that point, I mean, you could pause it and all that, I'm sure, but it could then give you the time just to do that task. And then yeah. you, you know what I mean? So I think it's just got a little, yeah, little smidge to go. I think it's, yeah, it's quite old as well, isn't it? So it's, you know, I think it's, there'll be better versions of it, but there's thousands of recipes on there. So, if, yeah. so marks out of 10, then what would you give that? I think a six. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Somewhere to go, I guess. The other thing I was thinking was huge branding opportunity, right? So when they're going through the recipe ingredients, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if it was saying use X, you know, whatever, branch spaghetti and organic onions from Sainsbury's? Or, so you could, you know, linking that up into being able to buy that stuff, I think would be super interesting as well. But yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, it's more, way more than I'm using Alexa for right now, you know. Well, you know what you're going to do tonight. Anyway, you're going to cook a spaghetti bolognese. So, right, the next one is open table. Do you use open table? It just depends. So I, I use it if it's the plug-in for the restaurant I'm trying to book. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily go to open table like a booking.com, which some people do. But yeah, so a bit, a bit. Right, okay, so we're going to test it now. Alexa? Open open table. Welcome to open table. I can help you book a table at a restaurant. First, what restaurant would you like? Pizza Express. I found a few restaurants that might match. Did you want Nebrazo Express, Pizza East, Shoreditch, or Pizza East, Portobello? Pizza Express. How many people are in your party? Three. What date would you like the reservation for? Today. Okay, now let me know the time you want, like 6pm. What time would you like? 6pm. You wish to make a reservation at Nebraska Express for today at 6pm for three people, right? No. <laughs> okay, would you like to start a new reservation? Yes. Okay, starting again. What restaurant would you like to make a reservation at? <laughs> I found a few restaurants that might match. Did you want Archipelago, the oh, Archduke, or Le Café du Marca? Oh, God. Café Rouge. I don't like Café Rouge. How many people are in your party? Three. What date would you like the reservation for? Right, you get the idea. So, yeah. um, what day would you like to make a reservation for? Alexa, stop. <laughs> Stop, Alexa. Okay, have a nice day. Yeah, bye. I think I know what the problem might be. I don't know if Pizza Express is on Open Table. No. So what you've got is, like, there's it's a really fragmented environment. So you've got Open Table, you've got Resi, you've got Book a Table, and, 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 and. So that, that would be the limitation with it being Open but, Table. But it should say Pizza Express is not on Open Table. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then that saves a lot of heartache then, doesn't it? Yeah. I have my heart set on us three going to Pizza Express. Yeah, well, I'd go to Pizza East. I love love Pizza East for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was really interesting and good. It seemed really intuitive. I liked how you were changing the language as well to saying not the exact date, but the day. And if it was Cafe Nebraska or whatever it was trying to get us to go to, then it looked like it would have worked quite seamlessly. I guess the only bit I was most concerned about was with the first option it gave you, 
it didn't tell you where that was. Yeah. But the Pizza East, it did. You know, it said Pizza East, Shoreditch, Pizza East, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's great if you're just out and about on the fly. You don't want to talk to someone. Maybe it's one o'clock and you're going for phone this pub or restaurant now. They'll be busy. And But I think power to open table when it's brilliant for them. What an advantage for their customers to be on Alexa. You know, and, and it would make me as a restaurateur actually swap. Yeah. You know, so I would, and because they're also, they've got a booking platform on Instagram as well. So they've actually got an action button okay. on Instagram. So actually, I think Open Table are fast becoming the thought leaders in this space. And if I was a restaurant, I'd be going with them. Yeah. And I think the app, you know, it pretty much worked. You know, apart from your brand of choice wasn't on there. Exactly. So what marks out of 10? I think that's like an 8. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So our final one is Diageo. So, Will, do you want to do the honours here? Alexa, open Patron Tequila UK. Welcome to Patron. I can help you find delicious cocktails by type, flavour, occasion, all the ingredients you have available. How may I help you? Find me a cocktail. Would you like to search by cocktail type, flavour, or occasion? You can also say surprise me. Occasion. Some of the occasions I know are brunch, entertaining, warm weather, cool weather and holiday. Which kind of recipe would you like? Warm weather. I found 178 recipes for warm weather. (laughs) Which flavour do you prefer citrusy, light refreshing, fruity, herbal? Sweet, spicy, savoury, spirit forward, smoky or floral? Citrusy. I found 233 citrusy and warm weather recipes. These are the first three. Pink lily. Rosé all day. Silver 75. Say the name of the recipe you would like. Repeat or next. Silver 75 just because it's a cool name. Nice one. (laughs) Silver 75. Toast to this tequila rendition of a fancy favourite that's sparkling, citrusy and the perfect pre-dinner cocktail. Here are the ingredients, which can also be found in your Alexa app. 1.5 ounces Patron Silver. 1 ounce Saint Germain Elderflower Liqueur. 0.5 ounces Local Lemon Juice. 0.5 ounces Simple Syrup. Two ounces sparkling wine. Say repeat, make it, or new recipe search. Alexa, stop. It was great catching up over drinks. Let's do it again soon. Goodbye. So that, we've been testing that on the podcast before. We've been kind of showing it to potential clients as well. And the reaction has been very, very positive. What do you think? Amazing. So just covers everything, really, I think. Even the cute bits of it saying nice one yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I mean, slightly overwhelming the amount of information that it's got, but also impressive. Yeah, I think that's the perfect use for the, the platform right now. And, you know, you're you're only thinking about that brand. You're not going to go to a supermarket and buy anything else. And I love just the, you know, people's minds work in different ways and it's like is it warm weather is it a taste is it i thought that was absolutely fabulous yeah and you can have one in your restaurant as well so 
you know, you could be, you know, for staff training. There's all these things as well. I think that's brilliant. And apart from it, you know, a little door opening within the Alexa with the cocktail coming out, you know, that's pretty much it. I made it perfect if that had happened. But I'd quite like to get drunk with Alexa. I would as well. Like just, you know, go in the same train together kind of thing. It would really work, a similar one for craft beer as well, wouldn't it? Right, yeah, yeah. So just yeah. if you're into oh, wine, you know, we said, so, okay, then, so what marks out of 10 for that? I think it's 10. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right, then, wicked. Well, thank you very much. Pleasure, pleasure. So what advice would you give to a big food and drink brand who's on the fence? They know a bit about voice, but they're not completely sold. They don't mm. quite understand it. I think it's not even big brands, you know, I think it's any brand, you know, so thinking about, you know, some of the stuff I was saying earlier, if there are new ways for you to touch your customer, it's your job, you know, it's your whole life's purpose to investigate that, milk it and and, and get the use out of it. It just, it feels so alien to me that someone just wouldn't at least be curious, you know, and I think just having that curious marketing mindset. When you use anything, you know, when you're watching a football game and you see a drone flying in or you see, you know, anything at all, I'm always thinking about how could I use that to get to someone? And I think, you know, we touched on, probably said Gary Vaynerchuk too much, we'll end up owing him royalties, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's right in the sense that where is people's attention? And the thing, the sort of line I was trying to use, well, not quite wordsmithed it brilliantly, was about, you know, the fight for the eyes is over and, and the, the fight for the ears and tongues just begun sort of idea. Mm. It's not too bad, actually, I should probably write it. Yeah. But, you know, and I think that's right because the eyes are just saturated now. And it's quite interesting that we're almost going all the way back to that sort of word of mouth. But you having brand preference, first mover advantage, and actually I would say the smaller companies have got, more of an opportunity, you know, it's like the bands that started on MySpace or, you know, YouTube or whatever, you know, Arctic Monkeys, Lily Allen, whatever. It's 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 that now is such an opportunity for anyone that just wants to reach people for an incredibly small ROI. Mm. Well, I think yeah, we're certainly going to be having some conversations after this podcast. <laughs> yeah. About ways that we can collaborate yeah. because it strikes me that yeah, just like you say, huge opportunity to get there first, and it doesn't have to be massively complicated nope. or expensive but yeah. just creating something that's going to add huge value to your customers mm-hmm. to make help you stand out from the competition just what if you could crack it you know what if you were the world record egg of voice you know it's it, it's basically like buying flat or a house or a building in Shoreditch you know 50 years ago all right it's probably a bit stabby but who's laughing now? Yeah. So, you know, again, you know, the, <laughs> so there's no saturation here, right? Mm. You know, for, it, it's it's open. So it's every single time something goes up, you know, when it's Facebook stories or it's Instagram stories, or you see these things coming up, just think ahead and go, how can I be part of that? What would it take? And I think what I'm so excited about, and we were chatting about this earlier, you know, when we met up at first, and it's, you know, we need to go out and, you know, educate people and spread the word and, you know, go to all the conferences, talk to brands. And even if, you know, it is just a free audit service or, you know, it's white papers that people can download and you just, it's a start, you know, mm. but there are some major basics that most of the food and drink brands and, and hospitality brands aren't even doing at the moment. So I think there's, they need to do those too, but 
while they're getting that sorted out, they could have a massive talkability PR advantage on, on doing something like this. Yeah. And probably the most important question, are mm. you an Alexa man or Google Home? Well, <laughs> um, so I'm Alexa by default, if you like, you know. So I watched with interest way back the comparison videos on YouTube when they were doing the unboxing. So it would have been Mashable and TechCrunch and, and all these ones. And they were just saying, you know, it's almost a bit, if anyone remembers, Betamax VHS or mini disc and was it DD something it was called? And both died. But in terms of this, Google was winning hands down. I mean, absolutely hands down. In terms of search instructions, you know, which you'd imagine. But we, you know, were doing some projects with a company where we needed to buy a bunch of Alexas. And so those kind of found homes with people's homes. And then we've, you know, we've bought a couple since. But I think I'm just watching with interest. I think I would really like to get the Google one as well just to be able to look at it. I'd like to get HomePod just for the look of it, and I'm a bit of an Apple geek anyway. So I think you'll probably end up whoop, buying a few and you know seeing what works for you. But all I'm using Alexa for right now is music. Listening to Mogwai. Listening to Mogwai, BBC Six Music. So that, sometimes I pass Steve right in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting old. Yeah. Um, but Radio London, uh, Oh, okay. In the mornings, just makes me feel, I don't know. Oh, safe. part of the city. Yeah, part I love of the city. it's very particularly safe in London. Do you think, is it safe in London? I think so, yeah. 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 Do you mean safe as in a goldy looking chain? Yeah. Reference, <laughs> sort of safe, yeah, bruv. Yeah, very safe. Yeah. So we, but, we could do a whole music <laughs> podcast. We, we, we should, actually. Yeah, we, we should. should. Yeah. But yeah, so answer your question. Alexa, but I've explored one, one millionth of it. Yeah. You know, okay. and shame on me. Yeah. I think for doing for, for not doing more. Okay, cool. Well, that brings to the close another episode of the Voice for Voice podcast recorded exclusively in Brixton. Mark, thank you very much for coming down. My pleasure. You, Mark. Yeah, yeah, really, really good cool to, to me. have you down and cool to have you reviewing the skills on the phone as well. Yes. All right. Indeed. Nice one, nice one mate. Take care. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Cheers.